This is Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Sabrina. And that's Corinne. I like how I point at you across through the FaceTime. I were pointing through FaceTime. (laughs) And that you over there. In case you forgot. This is your name. That's your name. Uh... We have so much to do today and tell you guys and share with you. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. And then we will share positive, happy stories because that's what we promised. Before we go too far into it, just a quick side note. John Mulaney has a new stand-up on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I will say that it is my least favorite out of his three stand-ups. But I really appreciated his intro to his stand-up because he came into it with a ghost story. No way. So the first five minutes of his stand-up are, is a ghost story. And I was like, yes! Wait, that is why, wait, that makes so much sense. I haven't seen it yet, but someone tagged him in one of our Instagram posts. And I was like, huh, that's strange. But now it makes sense. John Mulaney. Uh, you could tell he was really, I think he listens to podcasts because a lot of his skit was ghost stories and true crime references. Mm. And I was like, ah, he gets it. So he should listen to ours. Hopefully he does. Uh, Hi, John. Sorry. Oh my gosh, Corinne. Okay. So last night, Scout and Lexi came over and I watched the documentary Tickled. Oh my gosh. It's been sitting in my HBO queue to watch for so long. I- and I haven't brought myself. You have it, to. It seems like it's weird. It's so strange. It makes you so uncomfortable, but you have to watch it. It's right up your alley. <laughs> okay. So I'm home with my family right now. My brother flew in from California. Everybody's here. My mom, dad, Christian, and uh-huh. I. Is it something that I can watch <laughs> with my entire family? Okay. Or is it inappropriate? You totally can. I will admit that there are. So they have these long shots of like, basically for people who don't know, this documentary is about there are these underground tickling, competitive tickling rings. I don't know the correct term for it, but there are these long scenes that it, they, they feel a little pornographic in a way, but it's just people being tickled. That's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. and makes you so uncomfortable. There's like twists and turns. It's really, really good. Do you have to be ticklish to be able to participate? Yes, I'm pretty sure you do. And if you Damn are ticklish... Your entire body will like cringe and ache just thinking about it. When you watch those people being tickled, oh, it's so Because I'm not really ticklish. So I was like, well, that could be like a free massage, basically. Yeah, but you have to be tied up. Yeah, that's a little scary. But they do, there's a lot of money in it. So. <laughs> and who can tick? Okay, I don't even get it. I ne- clearly need to watch <laughs> the documentary because I'm just like, what? How do you win money from tickling people? Yeah, you need it. A- Yeah, you need to watch it. Oh, and then I don't know why we did this to ourselves. So Lexi had never seen Dear Zachary. So we watched Dear Zachary again Again? afterwards. And it doesn't get easier watching it the second time. That's still on my list, too. Quite honestly, I'm not going to get to anything for like another month because I've I'm going on the Mindy Project and there's like Um, six or seven seasons. So it's taking me a long time. Yeah. Well, I think my time of uh, watching tons of documentaries and reading tons of books is coming to an end. I know you cranked through a few books this past week. I know. And I'm actually halfway through another one that I started yesterday. Whoopsie. What's it called? Um, The perfect shit. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Luckiest girl alive. There you go. So Goosebumps is on Netflix. Yes, it is. 
I watched the first because I was like, I don't think you let me watch this when I was little mo- mom. And my mom was like, no, you were allowed to watch that. It was Are You Afraid of the Dark that you were not allowed to watch. Interesting. So then I watched her, my mom and I watched last night the first episode of Goosebumps. And I realized how silly it is to watch it reenacted because she said she was like, well, we read the books when you were younger. But in terms of the TV show, I'm not sure I'd ever seen it before. And it is so like we were cracking up, cracking up. So as an adult, it's kind of funny. There are some episodes that are a little goofy, but there are other ones that are so spooky and good. I'll have to. You just have to keep watching. It was hard, though, to spend my time <laughs> i do i watch it my valuable valuable time i watch it while i work out on the treadmill and then i'm always constantly like who's behind me monsters and ghosts but i've been so many people have been sharing the scary like documentaries and movies and tv shows that they've been watching on our facebook group i love it and i screenshot all of them and so I, my photo roll is just everybody's comments on our <laughs> facebook page and I'll eventually get to it this summer. I'll just have like a terrifying marathon of disturbing film. Just stay in bed under your covers and watch all your movies. I will. My whole photo, photo roll is Leia, memes, people <laughs> post on our Facebook page, and then the same movies and suggestions and comments. Photo memes. I mean, photo memes. What am I freaking talking about? I told you my brain We've was We've both melting. lost our minds. It's fine. Everyone knows <sighs> this at this point. <laughs> we don't make sense. <laughs> and yet people still listen <laughs> what is wrong with you guys uh should we read our tarot readings oh yeah so Aaliyah did readings for us and who wants to go first should we read our own okay um my reading she had only intended to pull out three cards but two others insisted on coming out and stuck together so she wow. included them in my reading and so the five cards that I ended up with were Queen of Cups, The Hanged Man, The Chariot, Cruelty, and Valor. Valor? How do you say that? I, I never valor. can say that word right. I think valor, valor has a U in it, right? This one does have a U. Oh. I don't know. I don't know either. But it was interesting when I was reading through the meanings of all of them because she explained to us what these cards meant in relation to one another when they're pulled together and whatnot and the succession in which they were pulled and it's just interesting because i feel like some things were some cards i felt were like maybe a little bit more generic in the sense that a lot of people can think of something that was related to or like was happening in their life related to this card and other ones i was like oh shit i know this does hit home really applies so it's really cool yeah Tarot is so fascinating, and I actually was walking around the library yesterday, the L.A. Public Library, in the occult section. There were all these tarot card books. It is so cool. My friend Monica, for her birthday, got a set of tarot cards. She was doing everyone's, like, practicing and practicing on all of us at her birthday party, and it was (laughs) very interesting. Yeah. Should I read mine? Yeah. Okay. So my cards... She said it took a lot more time for her to get the five cards. She had to shuffle several times before she could, she felt the cards pull through. And she said that she felt like each one was very deliberate. And so I got the moon, which represents a journey. And then I got defeat, which all day yesterday after I saw this, I was like, oh no, I'm not going to get rehired on blind spot. (laughs) I'm not going to have a job. 
And then, which is not true. Which is not true because as of yesterday, I got rehired. So, hello. Celebrate. <laughs> Come on. Uh, then I got luxury. That's nice. And then I got strength and prince of discs, which I want to read into more because she said that this final card is a curious one, which I might not want to read aloud on the podcast if I find it too personal. So I need to, I want to read into this more. Interesting. And it's interesting that we didn't get any of the same cards. I know. We are very different people. (laughs) We've learned that even though we think we're the same, sometimes (laughs) we're like, oh, wait, we are different. And sometimes our brains work differently. Wait, I'm sorry, Corinne. Are you hugging a stuffed animal? Yes, this is Mr. Piggy. (laughs) Oh, Mr. Piggy. Hi. Mr. Piggy. He's wearing... He has a um, undershirt and then a blazer on top because he's a gentleman. <laughs> is he going to work? He actually has a small burn mark Aww. on his stomach from when I tried to iron his shirt flat for him. <laughs> you had the best intentions. <laughs> he survived, though. I'm sorry, Mr. Pig. Oh, cute. But yeah, he protects me from ghosts. Which is I honestly necessary. think that he does. Because I feel like whenever I feel something, if I stick him out of the covers, everything, the noises, everything will stop. Everything's fine. You do not mess with Mr. Piggy. I put a poll on Instagram to see if people think that he's truly just a pig. Or do you think maybe there's a ghost within Mr. Piggy who protects me from the other ghosts? Perhaps a guardian angel? Oh, I love him so much. Aww. <laughs> Look, Corinne is coddling him right on her cheek. We're cheek to cheek. Cheek to cheek. I think... I truly feel like he's a, he's someone. He's not just yeah, a pig. Yeah, if you guys hear anything, it's because Mr. Piggy is close to the mic and... He's whispering sweet <laughs> nothings to everyone. EVP caught from pig. Mr. Piggy. Mr. Piggy. I'd be okay if Mr. Piggy was our ghost. But unfortunately, <laughs> I don't think that's the case. No, because he's been in Vermont. He lives on my bed in my childhood room. Oh. But he's been with me since like... Day one, he was given to me by my grandparents when I was two weeks old. Oh, that's cute. Do you have any stuffed animals or blankets or anything? I have my bear who I called my boyfriend for a very long time. He is actually sitting on my couch in my bedroom. Wait, is this the same bear that gave you nightmares? No, no, no. Oh my gosh, no. Uh, That (laughs) was a different bear. Good. I just am very original with names and called all my teddy bears bear (laughs) and here i am a creative writer all my character names will be bear (laughs) it's okay it happens when you're little besides mr piggy every everything else i owned was named alexa vega so (laughs) wait there was someone yesterday there was like some serial killer who named all our pets the same thing i can't remember oh no is this a sign that we're all serial killers oh my gosh dun 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 it wasn't Joseph D'Angelo, right? Because everything's coming out about him now with the Golden State Killer biz. I can't remember. Someone posted it on our Facebook page. Or I dreamt it. It's I don't know. My dreams have been very weird. There are some things going on that I'm not quite <laughs> sure of yet. So I don't know. What if when you think you're awake, that's actually the dream and the dream world is really our reality, but it's just so bizarre that we can't cope? I think about this all the time. <laughs> Constantly. It keeps me up at night. It's or does it? Or does it? <laughs> so last week, we had a tougher topic. Yes. And this week, we promised you a lighter topic. And we will deliver. We keep our promises here over at Two Girls, One Ghost podcast. 
And so we chose to do the topic of um, helpful spirits. Yeah. Well-intentioned spirits. Guardians of sorts. Not specifically guardian angels, but uh, yeah, helpful ghosts. Yeah, ghosts who don't really think that their presence is meant to be in a scary or haunting kind, maybe just there to lend a helping hand. Clean your dishes, tidy up. Tuck tuck you in in at night. Sing a sweet lullaby. Make you tamales. Ooh, I want a ghost that does that. Well, none of these ones do, but (laughs) I'm hoping one comes up someday. One day? Yeah, that would be nice. Okay. Are you first? I'm going to go. You're first. I am first. Go, go. Okay. This is the... Oh, uh, well, I have two, by the way. Okay, So once the story is done, I also have to do another. (laughs) I did two, two. Don't worry. Two, two. Two, two. This is the manor house of Cold Ashton. Ooh. Cold Ashton is the name of a village that's in South Gloucestershire, England. I hope I said that right. Who cares? Who cares? The manor house was most likely built sometime between 1597 and 1601. But the accounts kind of vary. So basically, late 16th century, early 17th century. And the house was passed around. It was in the hands of many wealthy people. And then in 1923, it was owned by Colonel Reggie Cooper, who restored the house. And it's big. It has something like 12 bedrooms or something like I was trying to count because they have the layout of the house public. So you can actually oh, like look at where everything is. So I was trying cool. to count the bedrooms. And I got too tired after <laughs> like nine. So it's big. And there's a lot of land. There are these. Uh, I encourage you to look at photos online <laughs> because there are beautiful gardens that you are all. love a good garden. I love a good garden. Gardens. <laughs> are the best and they have garden they have an outdoor pool and i just think it's breathtaking like i could see myself spending some time here corinne is moving in i'm going you can find me in gloucestershire and before 1923 which was when the restoration was the manor house actually sat empty for quite a few decades there was nobody living in there it was once filled with wealthy people and their staff staff but then it was left cold deserted and unkept until the restoration so now it's beautiful and popping but for a minute it was not so but there's also something quite special about this house something that occasionally makes it come to life again tell me there are a few stories that exist about the spirits that reside in the manor but i'm going to tell you about one spirit one particular story about this spirit that i think may be of interest to all of us Okay. Given what our topic is and our love of ghosts who do things for us. I'm interested. There was a woman in the area that had, this is like back in like early 1900s. A woman was in the area and she got turned around once it got dark and she came upon the manor and she pushed through the gates and she got up to the front door and she knocked and she was very quickly greeted by a very friendly butler and she told him she was lost He gave her directions, and so she was like, oh, thank you, kind sir. She tipped him with half a crown, which I had to look up because I was like, Yeah, what is that? They split up crowns and (laughs) just threw them around like that? It's like Mean Girls. That's exactly what I was (laughs) thinking of, like breaking off pieces of the crown. Here you go. Um, No, it was was a coin that is equal to two shillings. It's just like an old form of currency. Yeah. Yeah, so she tipped him half of a crown and then she left. She followed his directions until she got where she needed to be. 
and she went to bed. The next day, she woke up and she started mentioning the story to whoever was in the room with her. And the host of host of the place that she was staying at recognized the home in her story and was like, okay, this is odd because the woman is mentioning a butler and describing the house as nice and fixed up and very lived in. But the host knew that the house was actually empty oh my God. for years. I wanted to scream that out loud, but I didn't want to ruin your story. <laughs> it was not fixed up. But instead, it was in clear need of restoration, and everyone in the town knew that. And so the host corrected this lady who was talking about getting directions last night at the manor. But the lady was like, no, I'm pretty certain I know what happened. I lived it. And so they ended up being like, okay, we're going to go settle this by driving to the manor. Oh, my God. So the host drives this lady to the house. They get up to the gates. The gates are chained shut. And they can see the building is completely empty. Oh, my God. It is not redone at all. And they investigate a bit further, and they actually find the half a crown coin on the ground, proving that the lady had been there last night and oh, had tipped my gosh. someone. But it fell to the ground because his hand was not really a hand, Ooh. but just plasma in the air. It reminds me so much to a beauty and the beast i know that they're all like people that were turned into furniture yeah. and whatever but i just picture all these ghosts being like be our guest be our guest i was thinking it reminds me of the shining and the overlook hotel but in a more positive way oh the bartender yeah and then just also all the spirits yes i just loved it though like a helping ghost he came to the front the house was beautiful Asked for directions. He gave her accurate directions right. on where to go in like that day and age. That's amazing. Got her there safely and he got a little moolah out of it. Not that he could use it, but. But speaking of money, my second story. Wait, question. Is... Did did you read anything about that house? Because I wonder if it's the same one I looked at. Does it like actually come to life and people who live there now hear it parties at night? Um, I did not get all that information. Okay. So I don't know if that's the same house. Never mind. I was, it might have been my key words that I was looking because I was looking up like uh, the house and the butler. Gotcha. So maybe I missed the other part, but possibly everyone can go do their own search. Find out. Again, it is the Manor House in Cold Ashton, which is in South Gloucester, Gloucestershire, England. Fuck! Just keep saying it. You're, you're, you're putting yourself in that situation by saying it over and over. Because I think I'm half right, so. I believe Fairly you. confident. Everyone okay. knows I believe everything everyone says, so. <laughs> Tell me once and I believe it. All right, so next story. This is a real-life situation that I very much hope happens to me and to you and to everyone because this okay. is so epic. Better than tamales? Better than tamales. You can pay for tamales with what happens with this. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Again, we are in the UK. We are in Uppingham, England, to be exact. So all of the it good is, ghosts are in England. Is this what you're saying? Literally, they're so kind. I don't know what is up with America, but we are not doing great. We're rude people anyway. I would argue that Australia has some of the worst. They have all those crazy ass roads. We have some crazy roads here too. Look, like Listen to the stories that our listeners have told us true lost in vortexes and chased out by demons okay good times on to the happier things (laughs) 
1764, the Nutt family was just living their lives, minding their own business. But then their 18-year-old daughter, Anne, started being visited by a ghost in her dreams. The ghost kept hinting to Anne that there was something hidden in the house and it was valuable. So Anne set out to find whatever this treasure was, but she couldn't find anything. Oh, my gosh. And she actually ended up telling her father or her family about her dream. And the father had the flooring removed, a lot of the flooring removed to try to find the goods, but they didn't find anything. And the flooring was flagstone, which I had to look it up because I didn't know what flagstone was, but... Isn't that a place in Arizona? That's Flagstaff. Oh, damn it. I thought I was being smart. <laughs> Close. <laughs> I thought I was being clever. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> no, Flagstone, you see it. It's basically like, you know, like the stone that's kind of like naturally shaped and broken up and mm-hmm. then it's placed together and it almost looks like a draft, uh, like draft print. It's often used like out. Like yeah. Thank you, Internet. It's like, I feel like it's more often outside, like on sidewalks. Oh, and okay. Patios and yes. Stuff. Okay. So, yeah. So, when they were pulling up the flooring, that means they were pulling up like each individual stone and looking underneath it. So, it was right. a process. Which is, I mean, incredible that her dad believed her. Right. He must have been eager for some money. Because if I told my dad there's treasure underneath our floors, he'd be like, do you know how much hardwood floors cost? Don't freaking touch the floor. This is why you take a bulldozer and just knock it down. See what happens. Hopefully you're right. (laughs) Otherwise, you're fucked. I hope you have insurance. (laughs) I don't Uh, think insurance covers self-damage. It doesn't, but you can always say someone else did it. (laughs) It's true. I don't know. A ghost drove a bulldozer into my house. I was possessed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but this ghost did not give up on Anne. And it visited, whoever this ghost was, he or she, visited Anne, telling her again that she needs to look for whatever is in the house. And I think the ghost got a little frustrated because it ended up, like, pointing to the particular flagstone that Anne needed to look under. It was like, here. It's right here. Look here. You can't get much more obvious than that. God damn it. I told you where it is. You can't (laughs) find it. It's here. So the family digs up that particular stone and looks under it and they find a black pot filled with 200 silver coins what i don't know how much they ended up making off of the coins a a newspaper article was written at the time about the nut family's findings Mm -hmm. and it said that some of the coins were worth a lot of money and that it also encouraged Anne to keep her conversations with the ghost to herself i thought that that was interesting. interesting so i wonder if like I wonder what that meant. I honestly didn't do any more research into it. I probably could have figured it out. But I wonder if that meant like, don't talk about it because people might think you're crazy or don't talk about it because the wrong people might try to start abusing your power that they think you have. Yeah. Or don't talk about it because if you say you found coins, the government's going to say it's theirs and take it from you. Or I wonder if there was more that the ghost was telling her and we'll never Maybe. know what it is because she kept it to herself. I mean, I'm just really... I like this ghost. It was like waiting for her to find the money. And when she didn't, it was like, oh, God, damn it. I'll help you. I'll help you more clearly. Sorry, you can't figure this out yourself. I'm dead. And I do better (laughs) searching than you do. Truthfully, there are some ghosts that that, I guess they're just better than humans. 
They can be. They can be, but they also could be worse. <laughs> Refer to last week. <laughs> or any other of our episodes where we talk about the horrible ghosts in this world. Evil Good entities. Lord. I know. That is your dream ghost because you want to win the lottery, so you just need a ghost to tell you the winning numbers. Oh my god, can you imagine? Do you think there oh. are mediums and psychics who um, use their intuitions and powers and abilities to win the lottery? I doubt it because wouldn't we be hearing about it? Wouldn't everyone who claims to be psychic be rich then? But there is that movie, How High, about that. Remember? I, a guy's friend passes away and helps him cheat on the SATs. Sometimes you mention movies and I'm just like, where? How do you know these things? Because <laughs> it was middle school. I was in middle school. I don't know. What I was I doing in guys. middle school? I swear I've blocked out all of my memories and I don't remember anything from my childhood. Did something happen to you in middle school? Lots of things. Besides people making fun of your braces? And my sideburns? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> your sideburns? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's an origin point in my life that I blocked everything out before that. And after that, I only have my current present memories and that's it. <laughs> About a week ago and then from there forward. And then I just forget it all. That's what you're working with. Hey, no shame in that. Yeah. But I know I've, I've mentioned this before, but Many Lives, Many Masters, it's a great book. Yeah. And I do wonder... What would come back to all of us? Because obviously our memory can't hold every single little detail of our lives. Clearly. I wonder if we all went under hypnosis, what we would remember. I Someone actually sent us another book on Instagram. It's called, her name's Isabel. She sent it to us. It's called The Journey After Life, What Happens When We Die by Cindy Dale. I honestly think I own that book. Do you? I want to read it. I took a screenshot of it so I could go get it. I think I might have it. I should look. I have a lot of my spiritual books here in Vermont. I should look. I do have Astral Travel for Beginners, Sabrina, if you I know. need to reference that. I, I do. I need to figure out what's going on in my life. Sabrina might be Astral Traveling. But we'll come back to that when I know more. Or you're just always tired. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> One of the two. But I'll let you guys know. I just know that sometimes my soul is ripped from my body and I can see things in rooms I'm not in. And then Moving the on. dark shadows come into your body and that is who you are talking to right now. And then the cloaked lady with the hollow eyes and oh. the veil tries to steal my soul. Okay, what helping spirits did you decide to write about? Mine actually have to do with money as well. What does that say about us? <laughs> we are... Money hungry. It's nothing is about like a ghost saving a child or someone else giving a warning to someone before they're in danger. We're all like, how do you get free money out of spirits? <laughs> Nothing's altruistic. We all do stuff secretly for ourselves. That's true. I did learn that humpback whales might be altruistic, though. I watched about Aww. 100 videos of them saving other animals and people, and it was quite beautiful. I started crying. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, my God. Someone posted on our Facebook page a video of a person who saved a squirrel who broke both of its front arms. And I just cried. Oh. <laughs> it was so cute. Okay. So I chose to talk about James L. Chaffin. So he was born on November 10th, 1848. Is it Chaffin or is it Chaffin? Like, like, like Chaffin. It's your hot lives. outside. My thighs are Chaffin. <laughs> I don't know. I um, ate too much soft serve. My thighs are Chaffin. <laughs> James Chaffin Chaffin which everyone you would prefer. I'm going to say Chaffin because 
Chafing the dream. <laughs> you think that was his nickname? <laughs> Actually, probably because there's dreams involved in this. Oh my god, full circle. <laughs> okay, James L. Chaffin was born on November 10th, 1848, and he was a farmer near Moxville, North Carolina. And he met and married Rachel Cornelia Richardson in 1869 and was the father to four sons, Abner, Marshall, John, and James Jr., who also goes by Pink. So I might call him Pink later on just because it's cool. It's easier. Yeah. And I actually found a website called findagrave.com because I was just trying to find out the dates that he passed away and that he was born. And it reported that they actually had a fifth son named Robert Lonnie Chafin, who died at 18 years old. But I couldn't find out how or why. But he was not mentioned in any of the articles. When was this again? What year? 1848. Oh. But, I mean, I think the Disease, son died in 1901. dysentery. I know. But I just thought it was sad that poverty. he was never mentioned. My mom and I walked through the old – damn it. I don't remember the name. But it's that really old cemetery that's over – um in boston over by like beacon hill area mm-hmm. wicked old it might be called wicked the old, old. <laughs> oh my god i didn't even realize I <laughs> but do you live in boston <laughs> <laughs> all of the tombstones say here lies the body of and my mom loved it she was like you better freaking put that on my tombstone here lies the body of and Deborah. then and then you write her soul is haunting her children. <laughs> she wants me to write your <laughs> She wants me to write it like from her. Like you're standing on my bones. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I want that now too. Stealing that. <laughs> she wants to be cremated, but she still wants a tombstone for just the heck of it. You're standing on my bones. You're standing on my bones. And then dot dot dot. Haha, <laughs> JK. My body no longer exists. I was cremated. <laughs> JK, I'm dust in the wind, baby. You're breathing, You're breathing me in. Me in. <laughs> that speck of dirt you thought you got in your eye? It's me, motherfucker. <laughs> That's how... <laughs> some, <laughs> some people come back as like birds or ladybugs. <laughs> your mom just comes back as the speck of dust in your eyeball. <laughs> The sleepies in the morning that you wipe from your eyes. <laughs> you know that crust in the corner of your eye? That's me. Uh, this could be a children's book. Everything is a children's book in our minds. I know. Back to Chafe in Your Dream. Okay. So on September 7th, 1921, James L. Chafin was working on the farm, doing some work up on a building when he accidentally fell off the building and sustained... Severe injuries, which after a few days caused his death. And I promise there's a happy part of the story coming soon. Okay. I'm like, (laughs) this is not what we discussed. So when he died, the family was super distraught and things got worse before they got better. Marshall, the third son of James and Rachel and his wife, Susie, were in possession of James's will, which was dated 1905. And it stated that Marshall was to be the sole beneficiary. So... Marshall and Susie took all of everything, the whole estate, all of the money, and left the rest of the family out to dry. Ugh, this, uh, it happens still today. Right. That's like the sick part. It's so sad. And then, I mean, you're grieving the loss of your spouse or your father, and then 
everything is taken from you and you have nothing. These poor people were living in poverty after that for a while and no one contested the will. Just, I mean, which must've been very hard for them to do, but also it's their brother. So they can't be, they didn't want to like start too much. I'm assuming. Right. You're yeah. You're dealing with so much. And then to try to pick a fight with your sibling while getting everything in order to bury your parent. And it's a legal document. Everyone just be a good person. Don't manipulate old people. Well, a year later, Marshall died, and then his wife, Susie, took over the estate and had everything in her name. And three years after that, so in 1925, the family, the rest of the family was still struggling, living in poverty. James P. Chaffin, or Pink, started to have very vivid dreams of his father. And in his dreams, his father would first appear at his bedside and just stand there in silence, staring at him, which is quite frightening. (laughs) Because he's not saying anything. Like, the way I'm picturing it is just, like, his dad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just put my eye very close to the camera to show how he <laughs> stared at her. Or- she did the, what you talk about, Willis, that face. <laughs> <laughs> he kept appearing night after night. Still, he wouldn't say anything until one night he appeared wearing an overcoat, which used to belong to him, which I thought was interesting that he could show up wearing different clothing. But he came up in this black overcoat and he took the side of the coat and pointed to the inside and said, you will find my will in my overcoat pocket. And then he vanished. Yeah. So Pink was very confused at the time and he wasn't sure if he was actually sleeping or if he had created the image of his father in his mind or if it really was him coming to visit him. So he went back to sleep, and then the next morning when he woke up, he was determined that it was actually – he was convinced that it was actually his father and determined to go find the overcoat. So he went to his mom's house, and his mom told him that she didn't have it, but that his brother John had it. So he traveled, I think, 20 miles. I might be wrong, but 20 miles to go find – go to his brother John's place and find the coat. When he found the coat, he looked inside – on the inside of the coat and found – there was the, in a pocket in the inside that had been stitched shut. So he, Oh my gosh, brilliant. I know. But also, like, why do you make it so hard to find these things? So then he... Because so that the bad person doesn't find it first. Which also, this reminds me of a Cinderella story where, like, the, the will's hidden in the book. The one with Hilary Duff. So he opened the stitching and inside he found a letter that said, Read the 27th chapter of Genesis in my daddy's old Bible. So confused. This is a treasure hunt from a ghost. Right? It's pretty wild. This is thrilling. Right. Pink was confused because he's like, okay, my dad in my dream said that there would be the will in this pocket. It's not. But he also felt like it was another message that he had to go follow the clue to find his dad's or his grandfather's old Bible. So. Right. He, and this is actually really smart. He actually gathered witnesses to be with him in the time that he found the Bible, just in case they ever had to go to court or anything. So he got his neighbor, Thomas Blackwilder, and his daughter, and then he brought his own daughter with them. So then he went to his mom's house and found the Bible and opened it to Genesis 27. And do you want to know what he found? The will. Two pages folded tightly together. And then he unfolded those pages. And then he saw a will. And this one read, giving all the money to him. And he took it all and screwed the rest of his family over. No. Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, This will actually read, 
Like my encyclopedia of ghosts and spirits. Oh my God. How many pages is that book? 2,000? 3,000. No, it's like 300. Okay, it said, After reading the 27th chapter of Genesis, I, James L. Chaffin, do make my last will and testament. And here it is. I want, after giving my body a decent burial, my little property to be equally divided between my four children, if they are living at my death. Both personal and real estate, divided equal, if not living, give share to their children. So to his grandchildren. And if... She is living. You must all take care of your mammy. Now, this is my last will and testament. Witness my hand and seal. James L. Chaffin, this January 16th, 1919. And the last, the other will, the will that had been probated as the actual will was written in 1905. And then also Genesis 27 tells a story of how Jacob, the younger son of the biblical patriarch Isaac, received his father's blessing and that this thus disinherited his older brother Esau. I don't know how to say that. So it's believed that in between the years of 1905 and 1919, when he wrote this new will that James L. Chaffin had read Genesis 20 chapter seven, chapter 20. Oh my God. Chapter chapter 27 of Genesis and had a change of heart. So it's believed that the first will was actually his will, but it was old. And that after reading Genesis 27, he realized that he needed to split it evenly among his children and also make sure. Yeah. That people, why would he ever? I know. Just in the, from the start, why would he right? ever just give it to one? I wonder if child. his other kids were just like bad eggs. I don't know. Regardless. Or- that one was just very manipulative and knew what to say. That's true. And knew Ugh. how to position himself to be seen as the best. But I just want to believe that people are nice. Well, they're not. <laughs> well, so then James Pink, whatever you want to call him, took this will to the and filed it in the court. And then December 20, of 1921, the case came to trial. And a week before the trial, James had another dream in which his father appeared to him and said, or asked, where is my old will? And then disappeared. So James was very confused by that, as am I, because I don't know what that means. Like, was he worried that the old will was going to get in the way of this new will being probated? probated, Or did he, like, I don't know. Like, it, it was weird. It's a weird message. That is weird. That his concern was for the other will after having exposed the new will. Right. Or did it mean that maybe the old will was fake? We don't know. It's... Who knows? But so they went to court and James had 10 witnesses ready to testify that the handwriting on the 1919 will was that of James L. Chaffin's. But they didn't need those witnesses because when Susie and uh, when Susie saw the letter, she confirmed that it was his handwriting and withdrew her opposition to the new will. So then the old will was annulled and the new will was probated. James's ghost came back to tell his family that he wanted to take care of them no matter what, and he made it happen. Oh, that's so nice. I know. It is sweet. What a good ending to a potential situation where a family gets completely split up and estranged from each other. And people have questioned it and said that maybe that um, Pink, the son, had forged the new will, but why would he have taken four years to do it and like struggled with his family for four years in poverty? And then they also had the Society for Psychical 
research, sent a lawyer to speak with the family in order to figure out if they were lying or not. But he determined that they were sincere. And the other thing, too, is uh, no, you would shove it in the book. You wouldn't go through the process of right. stitching a secret note into an old jacket that you weren't anywhere near. Right. He didn't have possession of people. it. Yeah. 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 So I believe it was James's ghost. And then also a small story that came from my encyclopedia of ghosts and spirits that I picked up from the library that I just showed you. There was another story similar, and it was of a man named Michael Conley. He was also a farmer in Iona, Ionia, Iowa, who was found dead in an outhouse in 1891. And when his daughter was told of her father's death, she immediately fell into this crazy dizzy spell. Everyone around her wasn't sure what was going on. She just like kind of like went into a fog and like fell faint. And when she came out of it, she claimed that her father had appeared to her and told her to look inside of the pocket of the shirt that he had been wearing when he died because there was money inside of it. <gasps> Ooh. She also said, she also described in detail the outfit that he was wearing at the time of his burial because I guess he had been buried before she was told that he died. And th there was no way of her knowing the outfit that he had been buried in because she didn't see him. It was new clothing, but she described it so, so in detail down to the intricate design that was on his satin slippers. That's crazy. Also, bury me in satin slippers, please. <laughs> I want to be in all I'll bury satin. you in your banana slippers. Oh, please do. I like those too. Anyway, so she goes in search for the shirt. And apparently it had been thrown away after he died because also I have to say he died in an outhouse. How horrible. It's like Elvis Presley died on the toilet. I know. But at least it was probably a, it was a hotel toilet, right? Yeah. So it was probably nice. Not smelly. So the shirt had been thrown away apparently. And she kept searching for it and finally recovered it and found $35 sewn into the pocket. And this was in 1891. So that was a nice sum of money for her score look at all those helping ghosts helpful ghosts there is also in my encyclopedia i read a quick story i don't know a ton about it but it's called angels of mons there was um during the battle of mons in world war one I, I believe um apparently the french and british were uh outmanned by a lot of germans and all of a sudden they see these like angels and fallen soldiers that kind of projected out and apparently helped them go to safety whoa yeah isn't that cool that's so cool you know this encyclopedia i'm gonna spend the rest of my weekend just reading it it's a huge book it's too. massive you checked it out at the library mm -hmm. wow i'm having a hard time speaking that whole last sentence i'm surprised you couldn't understand me <laughs> I don't think my tongue moved at all. It was just... Uh, uh. <laughs> We've been doing this for a while now. I could basically read your mind. <laughs> you know what I was thinking? As part of our Patreon, we really should develop our language, our secret language, and then send people letters that are coded. <gasps> people have to decode them. And people have to decode them. Yes. Sabrina, we're doing this. Okay. this is, it'll be a process. It will take us a while to do, but we will come up we with We will language. do it. That means that you all have to donate to our Patreon. If in you want to get it, get confused and frustrated by <laughs> by us. We have other people have been assisted or felt that they have been around friendly ghosts. Yes, I had a tough time picking out which one to read because we've had a lot. We have had a lot, and I think we've done a good job of trickling them into other episodes All that right. we've already done as well. What are you reading? Which one are you reading? I will read it to you. 
Thank you. Right now. It's called My Twin Brother. <gasps> Ooh. It is from Tiff. She writes, Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I have some personal experiences I wanted to share with you guys. When I was a baby, my twin brother had passed away from complications. There were complications during the pregnancy, and we had to be born premature. And sadly, I survived, and he passed away. Oh, my gosh. Really horrible. That is so sad. When I was in fifth grade, I had all my friends over for my birthday sleepover. And when I was going upstairs alone to grab a board game, I turned my head and I saw a boy in blue pajamas with white blonde hair just like mine. He had green eyes just like mine, and he smiled at me and said hi to me. I got so freaked out having no idea who this person was, and I ran to my mom crying. I told her who I had seen, and she began to cry, telling me that I had a twin brother who had passed away. I had never known this before because my mom had never known how to tell me about it. I think about him every day, although I have not seen him since. I think I scared him to show himself to me. There were always other things going on in my house. My My door would always open on its own and lights would turn off. And whenever I was upset, I would suddenly feel calm, almost as if I was being comforted. When I was a senior in high school, my friends and I went to a bonfire. Two of my guy friends drove us out into the desert for this bonfire, and we decided to leave. My friend Mason wanted me to go with him, but something told me to go with my friend Garrett. It was an uneasy, anxiety feeling, so I decided to go with Garrett. We got to Garrett's house, and I realized Mason and the other guys were not there, too. We each called one of the guys, and none of them were answering. Suddenly, we got a call from my friend Mikey, and he tells us he can't talk because the car flipped and fell <gasps> headfirst down a 15-foot waterway. No way. Most of the guys on the car were not wearing seatbelts, and half of them spent the night in the hospital. Oh, my god! Luckily, no one was critically injured, only some bad scars and broken limbs. Oh, man, they're so lucky. This is why you wear your seatbelt. So lucky. Oh, my God. Oh, that is so terrifying. A couple months later, my friend Desiree, who is super into supernatural stuff like psychics, convinced me to go with her to see her favorite psychic. I went having the lowest expectations. I was always raised to think those things were a scam. Seeing as it was my birthday, she paid for my reading. The psychic sat down, grabbed my hands, and closed her eyes. I had to keep myself from laughing because... (laughs) I did not think that this could possibly be real. She opens her eyes and asks me, your twin brother passed, is that correct? Oh my gosh. And my, I got chills. And my heart stopped. I nodded my head, not being able to speak. She said, he is here with you. He's all grown up now, very handsome. And she smiled. I couldn't move and I didn't know what to do or say. And so she continued. He's telling me that he showed himself to you a very long time ago. Is that correct? She asked. This is crazy. My whole body is like, I can't handle this story. This one's giving me all the feels. I started out like wanting to cry. I nodded my head thinking of that time in fifth grade. He wants me to tell you he's sorry he scared you. He didn't mean to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. One sentence at a time. We'll get through this. I began tearing up and still couldn't get myself to speak. He's showing me a car, lots of them actually. He's showing me a a lot of little toy cars and a little boy playing with them. I couldn't breathe because my little brother was obsessed with toy cars and he had hundreds of them and was always playing with them. Your brother wants you to know that he grew up with you. He wants you to know that he was there for you for every birthday. He experienced everything (sighs) with you and he lived his life through you. (gasps) 
He never wants you to feel bad for being the one who survived, and he doesn't resent you for it. I nodded, practically bawling my eyes out at this point. He loves you more than you know and has been there for you every time you've cried or your insomnia hit, and he was there comforting you and holding you. I nodded. Oh, my God. (laughs) I nodded my head, and I was crying so hard I couldn't breathe. She looked at me and said, You are one lucky girl because your spirit guide, your guardian angel, is someone so very close to your heart and connected to your soul in every way. I walked out of the room crying and Desiree didn't even know my twin had passed away, so it was an emotional night. Now, whenever something weird happens, I know it's just Tristan coming to hang out with me. Oh, Tristan and Tiff. Tristan and Tiff. And whenever I get in the car, my seatbelt alert goes off even when I'm alone with nothing in the passenger seat. I know it's just Trist, so I always buckle the passenger seat. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed my story. I love the podcast. Keep up the good work. I'll see you on the other side. Love, Tiff. I... That is so amazing. My whole... having a hard time recovering from this because i'm just like chills just keep coming through my constantly and it it, i mean it brings up so many questions because i wonder if because they were twins there's an even extra special bond between tiff and tristan that made his spirit so connected to her in the afterlife that he grew up with her like that part of his soul is always part of her it's I know. And it's so crazy, too, that every time he shows up, he's the same age as she is. Right. Like, like he's growing like up. He just, yeah. He didn't just stay one age and spend, like, hang out with her the whole time she grew up. He oh is also gosh. with her. And I've actually, I've actually heard a lot of stories similar to that. And my mom, before my sister, my oldest sister was born, she had a miscarriage. And there are a few times she has dreams of a boy and like in those dreams he's like the age that the baby would have been oh like would be now yeah wow and it it does make me wonder too just because we've talked about reincarnation so frequently like when do spirits decide that they need to stay and potentially grow up with the people around them or protect them and watch over them and when do they decide all right i'm ready throw me into another body let's go wow do they even decide i don't know some other being whether it be god or some right higher up in the spiritual world that says you have we're transferring you in eight months it's like a job transfer like (laughs) you're moving you're moving soon pack your belongings you to kansas i i'm so curious yeah do people decide on their own or or what and where do they sleep? Do they sleep? Like he grew, yeah. Trist grew up with Tiff, and he was there for all the moments that she needed him. And he showed up in his pajamas to the sleepover for her. I know that's fifth so great party. I also so wonder where does he hang out? Is he just permanently in the home, or does he come and go? Well, I've brought this up in a different episode before, where I constantly think that there are. When you get into like a, if someone nearly hits you, that you jump to a new timeline because in that previous timeline, you actually were hit and they accident and died and that, but you jump to another timeline. I know that's complicated, but it makes me wonder if Tristan 
exists in another like timeline or dimension, whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. and is still living but has access to this one because his soul is so connected to Tiff. That's interesting. But then he wouldn't know to say all those things to the psychic. Unless his timeline. Unless that other plane knows that yeah, they can travel what, yeah. through different planes. I don't know. This is all so crazy. This is all a dream. You're all asleep. I thought you were about to sing, start rapping. <laughs> Biggie, this is all a dream. Wow. Well, okay, so between the emails that you were battling between, which one are you going to choose? I don't know for because this there are even some that I didn't put in the folder that I'm still battling between and I haven't made a decision because I'm indecisive as heck. Well, good thing we have encounters episodes because you can put them in there. Okay, I made a decision. Kels writes, my grandma is my guardian angel. Hello, ladies. I recently started listening to your podcast and I am obsessed. Thanks for such a wonderful podcast and for making me feel like I am not crazy for being obsessed with the paranormal. Anyway, on to why I emailed you. Sorry if this is too long. This is not at all. Uh, My grandma Jen was my best friend. Because of her, I love plain black coffee, Yahtzee, 50s music, black and white films, and have the (laughs) utmost respect for the spiritual world. She used to tell me how my great-grandma, Tommy, her mother, would appear to her when she needed her the most. Well, I guess she decided to do the same for me. Some background on me. When I was 21, I was diagnosed with stage 2 ovarian cancer and required multiple surgeries. That's so tough. She was 21. 21. I know. No matter how long the surgery lasted, my grandma Jen was there. Always. She never missed an appointment and knew all of my test results by heart, good or bad. One of the surgeries was in the hospital where her mom passed away, a hospital she stated she would never return to. But when it came time for the surgery to begin, Grandma Jen was there. I luckily went into remission only to be told a year later that the cancer was back and I would require a full hysterectomy at 22. I was devastated, but she was there. She was my world. February 12, 2015, my grandma was rushed to the hospital where we begged her to stay and fight. Being the only one she recognized, she she grabbed my hand and she said, Mama is here. I have missed her so much. Oh, (laughs) And in that moment at, at the nurse's station across the hall, Elvis Presley's How Great Thou Art came on and the smell of Lucky Strike cigarettes drifted into the room. My great grandma's favorite song and her favorite smokes. Oh, <laughs> my grandma Jen smiled a smile and said, "I'm going home." As she closed her eyes, she whispered, "I will always be there," and was gone. I walked around in a haze until three days later, at my yearly appointment, I was told more bad news. The cancer was back and in my lungs, and I would require a lung biopsy to see what stage it was. My world fell apart. The biggest fear was back and my angel was gone, or so I thought. During the biopsy, I had to remain fully awake and unmedicated due to the location of the tumors. Oh, no. (sighs) No. Oh, my God. I can't. Yeah. Jesus Christ. My heart hurts. Yeah. I can't even imagine going through that. As I was lying there... Praying for the pain to go away, the room went from ice cold, which is because procedure rooms are always cold, to warm and brighter. I opened my eyes and I saw her. My grandma smiling, her mischievous grin and her twinkling eyes. Instantly, I felt this peace in my heart and this calmness in my calmness fill my soul. She stayed there through the entire biopsy. Afterwards, the doctor made a comment of how 
I felt like there was someone else in the room with us that whole time, almost like a grandmotherly presence. Whoa. And for a doctor to say that, I am... That's so crazy. I know. I am luckily cancer-free, but in times of sorrow, sadness, and pain, or where I'm feeling lost, I will catch a glimpse of her in the corner of my eye, and my phone will glitch, as Apple Smart Bar states, and will randomly start playing Judy Garland songs that I have saved on my phone. She said she would never abandon me, and three years later, she has kept her promise. Sorry for the long email, but I just love you ladies and look forward to seeing you on the other side. Thanks, Kels. Kels, I want (laughs) to cry. All these stories, I want to cry. I know. They're just so beautiful. They are. And I'm so, it's amazing. I'm so happy that she's cancer-free now. I can't even imagine how horrible. Oh my God, I know. And how Bad things scary. happen in the world, but just as many good things happen. So, oh, the fact that she, the fact that the doctor also felt a grandmotherly presence in the operating room the entire time and said it and vocalized it. Yes, and to to recognize it's not just like oh, I felt like someone else was there with us, but to say like it must have been a grandmother. Yeah, I got grandma vibes in here. Oh. That's so sweet. Oh, wow. <laughs> These stories. I love I them. Oh, they're so beautiful. Positive experiences from beyond the other side. Oh, can I actually tell you real quick something about my grandma? Yeah. So I had a dream of her the other night. And I don't I don't know if it was 100% like one of my typical dreams of the paranormal. But it really stuck with me. And it was a dream... Every summer we used to go as a family to Cape May um, in New Jersey to the beach. Mm-hmm. And and in my dream, it was my grandma, my mom, and I. And we were walking along the jetties, kind of on like the, the rocks going out to the water. And my mom kept looking to my grandma and was like, be careful, be careful. And my grandma was like, no, 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 I'm fine. Look at me. And she was younger. She was much younger and was like vivacious and jumping around on the rocks and like just so had so much energy it was so beautiful oh that's so sweet i know and multiple times this past week or actually the past few weeks i've nick has nick and i have both woken up because i out loud laugh in my sleep and i wake up to it (laughs) and i think i'm enjoying time with my grandma in my sleep you totally are she's cracking you up (laughs) that's so great ah so many positive spiritual encounters with loved ones. I know. If you guys have some, you should email us, tell us. I have like tears in my eyes. <laughs> um, yeah, email us. Our email is two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And then also, please, we just started our Patreon and we are so thankful for those of you who have supported us already. But if you have any means or any, I don't know what the word is desire to help us grow as a podcast and want to donate even if it's a dollar a month we appreciate it and we will make it worth your time we'll start doing those codes coded language whatever we make up and send them to you (laughs) and also for those of you who have contributed to our patreon um just an update you get charged on the first of the month and so any thing that you get depending on which tier you donated to that will be sent after the first of the month so after you are so june 1st yeah yeah we're not slacking we promise we promise we have a lot 
of stuff coming for you guys. Merch is coming soon. We promise. Yes. Very soon. And it's never going to stop coming. Once we start, we're just going to keep on adding things. Yes. We have more designs in the works. We, guys, we're going to have a full store. A two girls, one ghost clothing store. We're excited. If you have social media and you want to add us, we have an Instagram that you can follow twitter as well we have a facebook Mm -hmm. page that you can like it's like a business page and then there's a private facebook group that you can join to hear or learn about half the things we reference on this podcast that facebook group just reached three thousand members dang and we are 50 reviews away from a thousand Oh on gosh, iTunes. You guys, please rate and review us on iTunes. Maybe we should do a giveaway at 1,000 reviews? We could. Do you guys want that? Tell us. Rate us. Merch. Review merch, us. Merch, merch, merch. And then we will do it. Thank you for showing up and for listening, you guys. We really appreciate it. We really do. I feel like you're all my best friends. And we will. We will. See you on the other side.